0: Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Today is Saturday morning for me, March 23rd, 2013. This is episode number 122 of our world-famous, world-revered podcast on the location-based marketing world. My name, Rob Woodbridge from untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as usual, but not in his usual spot, Mr. Asif Khan. Where are you, buddy? Yeah, Asif Khan, location-based
1: marketing association. And uh, I am in Munich, Munich, Germany, yeah, it's uh, a little bit later here than it is there, about 1.30 uh, in the afternoon, and
0: uh, yeah, all is well. What are you doing in Munich? Where have you been? It's like the, uh, you know, where's where's Asif? This has been this kind of week for you, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's it's just been a, a bit of a whirlwind week uh, of LBMA activity in Europe. Uh, I started in London, we did a uh, great little meetup of... Uh, LBMA followers uh, in London and uh, I was also speaking at Social Media World Forum there uh, as well and that was a great event. And then uh, made my way quickly to Berlin for uh, the launch of, of our uh, new LBMA chapter there, which went fantastic and we had a bunch of great companies out. We had uh, PayPal on the panel, uh, eBay actually, sorry, not PayPal, eBay on the panel uh, as well as Nokia. Um, and one of the guys from their, their HERE group uh, talking about all their location stuff and just a bunch of great little startups in, in Berlin and then uh, made my way over to Munich here and uh, meeting with uh, AR companies and uh, indoor positioning companies. The guys from uh, Indoo.rs um, I-N-D-O-O dot that we talked about a few weeks ago flew over from Austria to meet up with me and uh, so we had a good chat and um, it's been a great trip, and uh, looking forward to getting back to uh, to home tomorrow. But one of the big surprises for me was I'm staying here in Munich at a hotel called the Meridian, and um, I, I didn't even think about it when I was booking it. But you know, it, it's literally meridians, as in you know map uh, contours and, and things like that. And uh, I walked into the bar when I got here, and there's this giant uh, digital art installation on on the wall. Of uh, you know, mer- like meridians and the latitude and longitude of the hotel. That's all backlit in uh, in different colors as it changes. So, um, you know, uh, here- here's a shot of it. So, there you go.
0: It's pretty cool. That's uh, it's
1: like the lo- <laughs> lo- location guy
0: staying in the location hotel. And you had no, you so. had no idea. It didn't click. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, we won't tell anybody about that. Oh wait, we just did. Mm. The location yeah. guy. Well, uh, before, be, I mean, it's great. I, I, we can't wait to have you back in the country just for a little while. And, and you, you know, we're, we're going to be catching up uh, for our event, uh, which is uh, in April when we go. Uh, we meet in San Francisco, uh, April 3rd. Is that right? For a second. April yep. 3rd, yes. Uh, and, of course, you can go to lbma.com forward slash events to find out what is going on and what we're doing there. But if you're in San Francisco you're around there, please, 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 come out and visit us, and we'll be in the same city. Not Toronto, not Ottawa, but San Francisco, which I'm looking forward to. Cannot. Wait. I'm also going to be there a few days before that, and a few days after. If you're around, you want to connect? Would love to do that as well. But uh, so this this episode, we've got a jam-packed episode. There are a few announcements that I'd like to make just before. But if you want to know what's in the episode, very quickly, we're going to be talking about Foursquare and their shift from find to search. We're going to be talking about Apple and Apple not Apple, Apple and their augmented reality video patent that they've been they've been handed. Got a great guest, uh, Todd Green from PubNub talking about uh, real time applications. We're also gonna be bringing in, um, we don't know if this is a shift in business uh, or if this is a shift for a company name, but Goldrun uh, and their new product Snaps, which is an augmented reality brand photo app, which is pretty cool. We've got my app fascination of the week, which is Twist. And of course, we've got this really cool story. We've got a resource of the week, which is around mobile commerce. Um, and what it is and defining mobile commerce it's a great infographic and we've also got Microsoft talking uh, you know looking at this brand new old-school way of doing mobile commerce uh, called it's just BLE I think is what it is and it's around Bluetooth yep. and, and, and gaming and so that's all that's coming but before we get to that so if you're not interested in that just turn this off come back next week you know we'll, we'll be doing this for episode number 123 next week if you're interested stick around before that I've got one announcement, which is the fact that a book, it passed, the launch date passed for this book that we've written, and I didn't even think about it. On March 18th, the book that we contributed to, which is called The Everything Guide to Mobile Apps, is now available. It's now available. Hey. can't wait to read it. You know, I haven't read it, <laughs> uh, but it's it's available on Amazon. If you just go to uh, Amazon.com and do a search, or you can go to uh, Untethered TV and look for this ep- uh, podcast or this episode, and I'll have a link uh, to go and buy it or review it. I mean. If you've read it, let us know what you think, please. There's uh, 22 other contributors to this aside from Asif and I, and it was uh, put together by Peggy Ann Salts over at Mobile Groove. And go and go and buy it, or go and read it, uh, or give us a comment if you've read it. Uh, we really appreciate that. You have anything else that you want to add to this before we get into the show, Asif?
1: No, let's just jump into it. Lots to talk about.
0: Boy, oh boy! The first thing that I want to talk about is my fascination this week, and it's been—it's uh, you know I've been fascinated by this app for a number of weeks. Uh, I started using this when it came out in iOS um last last fall i believe it's an app called twist and this is a have you used use this app
1: i haven't used it yet uh but uh certainly everybody's talking about it and uh it's probably the kind of thing that i need to start using given i was late for a couple of meetings over here but uh yeah well um, it, it
0: just came out it just came out recently for android it was ios only and it's just come out for android um and it's it's very simple, I'm gonna run a video here that kind of gives you a, an overview of what it does, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna have a quick discussion about it.
2: It's about time. Twist is the app that lets people know when you'll arrive and lets you know when others will arrive. Nobody will be left guessing, worrying, or waiting. With Twist, there's an end to the waiting game. Have you ever needed to know how long it would take to get somewhere? Did you need to share this with someone else? Have you ever waited for someone or vice versa? Have you ever needed a reminder to leave on time? Have you ever made someone wait for you? Of course, we all have. People take about one billion trips a day. We're tardy 100 million times each day. Think of all the waiting anxiety, frustration, and embarrassment that could be averted if there was a better way. The current state of the art isn't very state of the art. Harry and Sally are going on their first date. Harry promised to meet Sally at seven, but got held up at work. Before he can even get on his way, he has to consult multiple apps, his calendar and email to confirm his destination at Kat's Deli, his browser to look up Katz's address, and his Maps app to find directions. Frustrated, Harry starts driving. He knows he shouldn't text and drive, but he has to let her know that he's on his way. This on-the-way communication is difficult, unsafe, stressful, inaccurate, but all too common. Excited for their date, Sally even arrived early. But judging from Harry's misspelled texts and rushed calls, he didn't plan this very well. When he finally arrives, Harry spends even more time in more apps to yelp cats, check in on Facebook, and share a frowned picture of Sally on Twitter. Late arrival with poor communication cut this date short. If only Harry had the right tools. Fortunately, there's a new state of the art. To eliminate the weight, Twist combines the best features of popular apps into a single, fun, and simple-to-use app. With Twist, Harry is reminded exactly when to leave to arrive on time, even accounting for real-time traffic conditions. Sally receives Harry's ETA. She no longer needs to rush out the door. Twist gives Sally quick access to a map, restaurant photos, reviews, and more, so she'll know what to order when she arrives. With one button, Sally sends her own ETA to Harry, which makes for a more enjoyable time for all and second dates. Just how easy is Twist to use? Here's Harry's Twist home screen. He can set a Twist to any location, share his ETA, or request someone else's. Two taps and it's set up and ready for you to leave. Whether it's commuting home, meeting friends and business colleagues, picking up your kids, or going to personal appointments. With Twist, the wait is over.
0: So in a nutshell, that's Twist. Now, I don't use it for dating like this app uh, says or being late for a date, but uh, essentially what it does, it's beautiful in its simplicity is that it uses uh, the app or messaging uh, SMS messaging if uh, they don't use the app to plan a, a, a meeting or a location. So if you're going to be at a restaurant, you actually type in the name of the restaurant. Uh, you say you're going to be there at eight o'clock and then it tells you based on traffic patterns. The same thing like Google Now um, or Grokker gives you traffic patterns to tell you you know how long it's gonna take based on real-time traffic information. And then it'll send a notification to the people that you're meeting, whether you're gonna be late or if you're gonna be on time or when you're gonna be there. And then if they have the app, they can actually request when you're gonna be there. If you're gonna meet there, you can connect together and then they can request to see what time uh, or how long you're gonna be or where you are in this whole process. And it does this real-time information back and forth all through SMS or all through yep. the app. I, I think that this is, this is a, a cool example of things that are coming down the road for uh, for functional apps like this that bring in a whole bunch of different outside sources, jam it all together, and put it in an interface that allows you to do things in, like, two clicks. I like it.
1: I completely agree. I think it's, uh, it's powerful in its simplicity. It picks up elements of uh, things that... Uh, you know, uh, we're closed network location sharing things like Glimpse. Um, you know, from way back yep. when. Uh, it would be the when I when I started looking into into this. Uh, the one thing that popped in my mind is is think of the combination of Twist plus Gonna be, uh, and uh, all of a sudden you've got a pretty crazy powerful app that uh, you know millions and millions of people could could get a lot of value from. So, uh, you know, tying this up to that kind of calendaring I think is really interesting and I think there's a lot of other services that could use an app like this too um you know beyond just you know our personal calendars but you know tr- just tracking uh you know things that you know that have to be delivered at a certain time you know FedEx UPS you know all that kind of stuff too uh could be interesting
0: so you know it is um You're right. I think this is just the beginning. Uh, You know, it it integrates a little bit with your calendar. You can do all those kind of things. But, uh, you know, there's another app out there called Tempo, which is kind of a a smarter calendaring app that that you you can see that uh, Twist and Tempo. Tempo does a little bit of that by, uh, you know, allowing you to say, look, send them a note uh, because I'm going to be late. But it doesn't do that real time piece. And I think that Twist, Tempo, Glimpse, going to be all that. There, there's a market here for this kind of stuff, and it's and it's going to be a fascinating to watch this happen as these apps become smarter and more productive. And uh, I can't wait. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if, that I'd give full control, right? Like, I don't think that you want to yeah. be spammed indefinitely, saying I'm five minutes away, I'm three minutes away, I'm one minute away. But I think that there's a, a balance here that you should be able to set. And 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 this twist app is a piece of this, the first piece, anyways. So very cool. For sure. You want to go? They, great, great, they have great great. a great domain name. You can download this. It's available on iOS. It's also available on Android. I'm going to get them on the show on Tether.TV to have a long-form interview with these guys. But for now, you can just go to Twist.com, which I think is a great domain name. So Twist.com. That's what I'm fascinated with this week. Yeah, great pick, Rob. Thanks, Asif. All right, let's jump into the news item. Our first story. This is a, uh, a big story. Just because of the nature of this company it's called foursquare uh the check-in king 30 million users 8 million active users every month is what they say that use it once a month and and now they're trying to change the perception of this company from a check-in application to a discovery application so before with foursquare you would set foot in a location and tell people you were there now they want to shift into a company that You know, you're sitting at home and you're trying to find some place to go or you're in a new city trying to find some place to go and they want to help you get to that place that at one point you would have just checked in with the software. Can these guys survive this transition, Asif, from checking in to discovery? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Second story. Uh, Yeah. Uh.
1: No, I mean, I mean, I mean. First of all, I mean, I, I'm just gonna stay stay on the track that I've been on all year. On this is Foursquare. It will be done, acquired by the end of this year. Uh, they're in the middle of trying to raise another yet another round at another ridiculous valuation to justify exactly this what we're talking about right here. Um, but. Yeah, they've got data, and they understand where people have been, and um, you know. And, and I was in this uh, announcement by Dennis Crowley. He's like, uh, "Yeah, we can see what foot traffic moves like throughout the day, and wherever people check in, and da 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 da." And I can predict where they're going to be 15 minutes from now. And yeah, but Dennis, like, you have 30 million users. You have eight million people who are doing this. Okay, the numbers, the volume, the scale is not there to do this, uh, you know, with any kind of big data, you know, kind of discussion like they're talking about. They're not growing at the same kind of clip that they were growing at in terms of user base. Uh, everybody I talk to is is pulling away from, from Foursquare, other than as a, a, a log of where I've been in the past. Uh, you know, I'm trying to remember the restaurant I went to last week or something like that. Um, and the reality is, is you got Passbook and you got Google now that, you know, are just going to blow this out of yeah. the water. So I'm sorry, but it ain't
0: gonna happen. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm with you on this. Is that uh, changing the perception of all of your users? Like, so you think about it. You 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 download an application. You use it vehemently and religiously for one purpose over here, and then they say, "Well, no, now we're no longer that." we're over here but at the same time they're releasing these videos that show like you know um, 24 hours of check-ins in one minute video or you know where they show all the check-ins that happen and then they their metric their key metric is the number of check-ins they still maintain that but they still then they want to be in discovery and you're right 30 million users users 8 million active users that use it one time a month once a month that's their requirement which is not a discovery application uh, versus 1.1 Billion users and every and 90% search ownership for Google. So 1.1 billion users in Facebook that are getting into this space and uh, and everybody 90% of the world's population uses Google as a search tool and Google Local and Google Now and Grokker and all these other sites. Yeah. So it, it this this is um, uh, you know this is a shift because they couldn't close a round of funding as a check-in software. You know, Crowley only knows check-in. That's all he's done his entire career. So for them to do this, um, it seems to me like they're pandering for um, for investment. They're trying to va-
1: well, I mean, it, it, I mean, and, and if you were in his situation, you'd be doing this. Of too, but but the reality is, is that it's not going to work. Uh, this is this is just going to be uh, you know just another another log on the fire for for a few more months until it, it flames okay. out.
0: Who do you think buys them? So who do you think buys them at this point? Apple. Yahoo, Apple?
1: Yeah, I
0: I think uh, Apple. All right. Still in that way. Okay, well, that's...
1: What, I'm still there.
0: What, what do you think? Uh, I mean, it, can Foursquare make this shift? You, you know, the feedback has been uh, very positive about Discovery, but but again, it's it, you know their data isn't rich. It's all arbitrary. Uh, you know, I've I've tried to find say like a uh, a restaurant, and it's and it's on four different corners, right? Because of uh, it, its user submitted content, and that's never it's never yeah. good. Um, so uh, what do you think? Foursquare survived this shift. Are, are you sick of us talking about Foursquare? They're trying to transition from a check-in application right into a discovery app. Can they do this with their foes being Yelp, Google, Facebook? Is that not enough to make you scared? It, it would scare me if I was looking at investing in this company. So um, Foursquare pioneers, but uh, now grandfathers in the industry. Bye. There you
1: go. But but thanks for helping
0: create a they market. Did. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You owe them a lot. <laughs> you you'll buy, yeah. you'll buy Crowley a beer when, when you see him. Anytime. Yes. Alright. That was the first story.
1: Alright, uh, our next story is really a really interesting one. Uh, this is, uh, you know, speaking about Apple, this is about Apple. Uh, and they've been granted a, another patent yet again. Uh, this time for putting augmented reality uh, technology on top of video uh on live live video streams. Uh and this is really interesting. So basically what they're do- what they're doing is they can identify objects in a live video stream. And they can overlay information about the objects uh you know on top of the kind of that real world image so to speak, which is which is really cool because I mean obviously we've seen a lot of AR stuff um, in traditional sense based on what the camera sees, but we you know I haven't heard a lot of people doing this in, on video. And you know, I'm a bit surprised, and we were talking earlier about this, that, uh, you know, it's Apple that's doing this and not Google, given their, their YouTube, um, you know, uh, ownership and all of that. But it, it's really cool. And uh, so this is iOS uh, capability only, obviously, at the moment. And the other part of the patent talks about a, uh, a split screen view that they've uh, developed into this as well. So it's, you basically can split your screen between the live uh, view and, and the user-generated or the camera-generated view on top of the video in side by side, which is interesting as well. I think if you uh, for some commercial applications where you want to kind of contrast, um, you know what you what you see normally in the video stream and and what can be layered on top of it. I mean, I think a lot of video editing and you know this this potentially has like uh, a lot of commercial applications in in production um, around video production. So um, yeah, it could, could be cool.
0: I think it is, and it opens it up to anybody, right? So that's that's the key here: is that you know any content that you can create, you don't have to wait for the Google trucks to roll down your street and take photos of uh, you know Street View photos and uh, and update those. Um, you know, I'm always leery about this because when it takes an army like this of every user to be able to contribute to this to get a full picture of it, um, that's probably what Google had in mind early on with when they did the Google Maps. But they realized that that would take a whole long time. So now. You see this, at least with the Maps product, and with still imagery, is that um, like if you if you go anywhere in San Francisco with Google Maps and you click on a street, you'll get hundreds of user-generated photos that are contributing to that location and that spot, right? Mm -hmm. So they're starting to they're starting to. Add or augment their own Street View with with uh, you know with people's photos, and I think that that's what's cool about this with with uh, with Apple. But I think when you rely on the masses to contribute to get you know there are 500 million devices out there, but how many are really going to actually contribute to this? That's the big question, and I think Google faced that yeah. when they did the Street View, and that's why they send out the cars. And eventually, they'll have enough content contributed by users to be able to not send out the cars every year, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, but but if you think about you know, it's interesting. You bring up the maps uh, discussion around this. I mean, you know, we know Apple's challenges with maps, um, and, and but but if you think about mapping today, and you think about you know the the sort of you know how those nav systems work uh, when you're driving or walking or pulling it up on your phone or what have you. Um, more often than not, now it's not just you know here's here's a photo of you know the. Uh, you know, the destination I'm trying to get to or the building that's at that address or whatever, you know, quite often now it's like a, a little mini video of, you know, here's what it looks like as you come up to that intersection, here's the sign you're going to pass and here's the whatever. And and you think about that now with this patent and the ability to overlay on top of that video, that short little video, you know, descriptors and, and other content, um, that becomes quite interesting, uh, I, I think from a mapping perspective. So
0: anyways well it's uh it's definitely it's definitely going to be a a, an interesting play i love the fact that they've done this video is certainly untapped at this moment and uh you would think that youtube with the infrastructure and google with youtube uh, youtube's infrastructure could be able to do this first but um, i suppose it's it's the power of uh who's there first and now uh uh, you know apple owns this patent and we'll see how this plays out it's going to take some time obviously um but very cool it leads, it leads yeah. well into the next story, doesn't it, around mapping? It yeah. does,
1: indeed. Yeah, so the next story, uh, we're talking about uh, a company called Life360 uh, that we've talked about before, which makes a location-based kind of family tracking uh, uh, suite of tools and some integration with BMW and some funding uh, coming through BMW's iVentures group. Um, and this is really interesting because, I mean, we, we both you and I are big fans of the whole telematics space. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot yet to be done around, uh, you know, the relationship between mobile and location and navigation, uh, you know, in, in car, in vehicle. Um, and this, you know, this is just yet another kind of, you know, step in that direction. So Life360 uh, has been, you know, around this kind of family safety tracking uh, space for a while now. You know, done a good job around that. Been licensing some of their stuff to various carriers to offer that to subscribers on carrier networks, and BMW basically saw some value in this. Uh, has put some money into this. Uh, the the uh, amount wasn't disclosed in, in the uh, stuff that I read, um, but basically what they're looking at is is that uh, you know just adding value to that process of them um, in car. So if if, if something happens. Uh, you know that, uh, and you need to get to a family member in a hurry. You need to know where that uh, person is. You can just basically hit a button or or, or voice a uh, you know a, a query, and you know say, hey, Rob, and uh, it'll basically start driving the car right to wherever Rob is right now. Um, you know if that's where the issue is, and you can think about this for. Not just for uh, you know residential applications, but think about this for you know police services, for all kinds of different things. Um, you know, I think this is pretty cool.
0: Oh yeah, I, I love these guys. And here here's a company that we featured a couple of times and had been featured on Untethered TV. Um, and they have 30 million users. It's the quietest 30 million users ever. Foursquare has 30 million users. These guys have 30 million users, and their valuation isn't nearly as crazy as what Foursquare is asking. Um, but, you know, when you think it, put it in perspective, a lot of the a lot of the focus has been uh, has been thrust upon darlings in the technology industry like PATH with six million users. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy to think that this company that that is doing all of these innovative things and is not getting worldwide press because, uh, you know, they're focusing on actually the core, which is adding value to a customer, not glossing something over. And um, and 30 million users. This is a registered users, and this is a service that uh, will save lives, will contribute to the well-being of what we're yeah. doing. So, I I, 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 these guys are doing it. No, no yeah. question.
1: And 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 they said in the in the statement here too. It's uh, you know while this is with BMW, uh, you know they they see other applications for this around you know the home, home security, yeah. energy, you know. You know, all kinds of, uh, of other things uh, around that. So uh, I think there's a lot of value but, here. And the interesting thing is, is, you know, these guys are coming from pushing uh, a series of family tracking services uh, primarily through the carriers. And I don't know about what the carriers are like, uh, you know, outside of Canada, but I can tell you that, uh, you know, for sure in Canada, like Rogers and people like that, are already offering home security and, you know, energy uh, home management stuff. So adding this kind of location layer to those services where, you know, it tracks the occupants of the house. As soon as everybody leaves the house, it arms the, the security system, stuff like that. Cause that's the biggest problem with security is like, you know, you forget to turn it on <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> like, you know, um, so if that can all be automatically done as soon as all the occupants are out, I mean, that's pretty, pretty interesting. So well,
0: the, the business lesson here is, is so clear, is that, listen, you know, these guys are now, and any company that has, you don't need 30 million registered users. But, but when you have a base of installed users, you can start to look at different ways, different revenue opportunities to actually go back into those 30 million users or those 10 users or 1,000 or 10,000 or 100,000 users you're not limited to the business that you're in you just can't go right. and take a, a you know a huge left turn maybe like Foursquare is doing going from checking in to discovery i mean that there's a big gap between those two this is like the natural extension of what uh, what these guys are doing what life 360 are doing it, it just makes so much sense and every time they do that they they take a portion of those 30 million users whatever they are active i'm not sure but uh, they take a portion of those and increase the average revenue per user, right? They just add new services yep. and their revenue gets bumped. And uh, that is a business that I love, right? The ability to go after multiple streams of revenue from the same customer that adds to their lives, to augments their lives. I, I think it's great. Love it. So before, like that's life360.com, go and check them out. Um, but there's a corollary, there's another story to this. What's with these cars getting involved with uh, these auto companies, getting involved with these, these they're the new platform, obviously.
1: Oh well, yeah. And BMW's been there for yeah. a while. I mean, iVentures is a whole separate company they set up a couple of years ago. It's got an, an office in New York City, uh, and and they've been funding all kinds of great transportation-related uh, projects. Uh, I know. Uh, actually, I was talking to some guys over here in Germany. Obviously, where BMW is based, and uh, and they, you know, BMW i Ventures is very, very active uh, in in this space. So it's uh, you know kudos to them for uh, seeing seeing opportunities and 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 making it well, happen.
0: Well, think about think about so. that that. that um Automobiles created industry, right? They created everything from the teleworker, the highway infrastructure, fast food, they were the pi- they, they were basically the pivot of an economy, of a global economy, right? When this happened. Mm. So, of course, they're going to be, they, they are the number one location based app. That's what cars are, right? So, uh, of course, they're going to be so active in this. It's, it's in their interest that we are captive there. For sometimes an hour commute each way, we're captive there when we go on on family trips. This is a, an opportunity that is ripe, and we think that the living room is is uh, ripe for disruption. The inside of the cabin, that dashboard inside of that cabin of a car, is uh, is probably on par, right, uh, w- w- as mm-hmm. a as a um, as a battlefield. And I, I without question. Cool. So what is Volkswagen doing then? Uh yeah
1: so Volkswagen uh is it actually hasn't launched yet um, uh but they're about to launch something called Smileage which is uh really interesting I love the name I, lo- I love I mean Volkswagen's always been about kind of fun and you know fun to drive and and, and fun to be part of the brand and and all that kind of stuff and uh yes yeah, so, so they launched this thing called Smileage which is an app that uh integrates uh with the vehicle uh, as well um, and it's all about you know just creating a fun experience it's about um, you know uh, earning points or punches as they call them every time you pass another Volkswagen on the road um, you know just just you know an extension of the brand uh, with the people who love it uh, is how I look at it and uh, yeah it, it's pretty interesting
0: yeah I I am um, the one thing that I like and we've been on this for quite a bit around um the the integration, uh, you know, we have these devices here, uh, and the screens are yeah. filling up so much, right? That it, it's now so competitive, not only to get on device, but now to get onto the front screen and get the second use out of your app. Uh, I, I like this, you know, um, Smileage, terrible name. Um, you know the concept might be fine, but uh, you know it's it's too broad for me at this moment. Which includes you know punches and and uh, w- traveling with people and and uh, you know capturing locations and photos. There's a lot of duplication with some of the social networks out there, and you know Google is just testing this. and I'm sure it's going to be built into Google Plus at some point, but. What i like about this is that connectivity between the device and the car so it's the car and the device are paired i walk into my Mm -hmm. car it knows that i'm in the car and then it starts mapping my route it knows where i'm going or it knows where i've been it maps all that kind of stuff it's like it's like the move the moves app but for cars right so then then it gives me basically a guideline of where i've been i can i remember these things that kind of stuff very interesting just because it's it's always on and as soon as i get into my car it starts activating and when i leave my car it stops activating and and that kind of technology maybe not this exact one but that kind of technology i think is so important um and you know it ties into life 360 about tracking it ties into your car it ties into always on pervasive computing that that thing that we've been looking at and i think this is a huge trend that's happening very cool
1: Yeah, very very cool, and and we're going to see more from from, from car companies in general around this kind of stuff. I mean, they they get it, they understand that the that there's a lot of value to connecting the mobile device to the vehicle, and uh, yeah, so cool cool to see. uh, Mentioned yet again from Volkswagen and BMW.
0: Yeah, if you're interested in the smilage, there's a great video overview. If you're interested in smilage, go to smilage. That is exactly. How it sounds S-M-I-L-E-A-G-E dot VW.com. Smileage.vw.com and of course life360.com if you're interested in those guys. All right, first three stories. Great stories, man. Great stories. Um we are uh, going to take a little bit of a break here uh, for our guest, Todd Green, who is the co-founder and CEO of a company called PubNub. He's going to be talking about real-time applications. This is pretty cool. The implications of real-time applications, how you apply those, uh, some great examples uh, in this seven or so minute mm-hmm. clip around location and uh, real-time applications and not just sms that's not real-time application we're talking about core real-time applications like like immediate real-time applications you'll understand what he's talking about as soon as you've gone through this so i'm going to leave uh todd to explain what real-time applications are and the implications of those so take it away todd green co-founder of pubnum
3: so PubNub is a globally distributed real-time network so what is a real-time network? Um, we provide the building blocks that applications need for real-time interactive applications. Uh, and real-time applications are things we've all been used to. In fact, we're using one right now. Skype is a great example of a real-time application. It takes advantage of this, the amazing low latency of the internet to allow us to collaborate together. You know, It could be chat. It could be playing multiplayer games like World of Warcraft. It could be um, sharing you know documents and collaborating around that, sharing photos. There's a lot of these things that we do online. Uh, together. Um, but if you look at one thing all of these companies have in common, right? Skype, World of Warcraft, Instant Messenger, Google Docs, all these real time applications. Um, the one thing they have in common is all those companies spent millions of dollars developing these core real time infrastructures and then millions more deploying them worldwide so that they work across a large global audience. And so, you know, we discovered that the one thing that was holding back the explosion of real time applications was the fact that it was complicated, expensive, and hard to do. So, um, basically, by providing these core building blocks for real-time, we've now enabled um, literally thousands of developers, thousands of deployed applications uh, to to, to provide a real-time experience, everything from chat uh, to multiplayer games to to telecommunications, that they're using PubNub to route this traffic around uh, around the world. And and that real-time traffic, you know, when we talk about real-time core building blocks, it's Unicast messaging, sending data to one device very quickly in under a quarter of a second. It's multicast or broadcast messaging. So that's sending a message and getting everyone who's listening to that all at the same time about a quarter of a second or less. It's presence. So who's there? Who's actually on my device right now or on the channel listening to this data right now so I know when they come, when they go? Uh, It's real-time analytics. Show me a map of the world, show me graphs and charts of what's happening now. At storage and playback of my real-time streams, and a few other things that kind of together provide those core building blocks for any kind of real-time application.
0: It, it seems to me, Todd, that it's so broad—the applications that you can, you you know, that PubNub can can power. I mean, are, are there certain areas that you're focusing on that, that are just so tangible that uh, that anybody who's listening can understand that?
3: Yeah, I mean, well, what's interesting. So it is completely broad, and if you look at our customer base, it, it represents that. Um, So from a sales and marketing perspective, obviously we can't go after the whole world all at the same time. So, you know, we have specific um, vertical markets that we spend more time outwardly going after, things like the advertising world, we've got some very large brands using us today, like the entertainment world, which encompasses everything from social networks to multiplayer games. And then third, telecommunications, where people are using PubNub for powering the next generation of things like WebRTC and uh, and other kinds of voice over IP apps. So those are ones that we sort of actively focus on right now. But if you step back and look across um, our customer base, we have people like Top Hatter, which are real-time auctions, um, where all the, you know, kind of imagine like eBay, but in an auction room where there's a guy with a gavel. Um, that's all being powered by PubNub. Um, you know, people like GetTaxi for, uh, for dispatch, right? And, and other, other dispatch companies too, where you can see the motion of the taxi on your TV, on your, on your phone screen or your t- uh, class dojo in the education space. Doing what they call real-time behavior modification with students, so I could go on and on, but it is pretty broad. Um, but in, but what we definitely find is that um, there are uses across just about every industry uh, when it comes to mobile apps and, and desktop and, and browser apps as well. What do you,
0: okay, I mean, I mean, there's so many questions, and I, and I, I want to understand what happened with Loyalize and how you ended up here at Pubnub. But one that one that just keeps sure. coming out is like, is that like, what do you think? And maybe it's too soon to ask this question. I mean, we're only a few minutes into this, but what do you think the implications are of what you're doing? What, what are those implications? Like, I love the idea of, of education, real-time auctions, real-time anything, uh, real-time taxi awareness. So you see there's little nuanced places where this can fit and create a, a, a pretty valuable service just by 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 doing that. But what do you think the, the, the real implication of what, what PubNub is doing will be?
3: Look, I mean... Look, it's huge. I've been excited about real time, even though the word is incredibly buzzy and and means a lot of different things to different people. But I, I look here's here's what excited me. Like back in two thousand five, um, you know, I made this, I had this aha moment, which is you know, for the first time in human history, you know, and actually now after two thousand twelve, more than half the adults in the world online are connected in less than a quarter of a second. Using the internet, I can get a packet of data to you. I can get a packet of data to someone in Sub-Saharan Africa, in Australia, uh, in a quarter of a second, right? there's no other time in human history when that's ever been possible okay? and um, and what it enables you know first of all if you have a real-time network is the ability to let people interact online the way we do in real life so everything up to this point what we call what i call static applications you know apps that are you know you send an email you get it a few minutes later or you uh... even a tweet which is not something you should sort of standing there looking at comes you know, a tweet you know you look you check your tweets later on i mean all these kinds of static experiences uh, and, of course, everything we've done in the past on, online, you know, browsing the web, you go to NewYorkTimes.com, you don't know that there's 70,000 other people reading that article right now at the same time. So those kind of solitary static experiences are not how we interact in, in the real world. And so when you take a look at, you know, if you want to use the term real-time apps, all they're really doing is creating the human experience that we sort of evolved to expect on the, you know, in the online world. So I mean the implications are massive, right? Because you can take a look at any space, and that's already happened. It's just that it's happened with money with, you know, with, with huge investments. So a few examples. Um, Turntable FM. Uh, you may have heard of that company, right? I mean, Pandora went public. everyone said, well, the streaming audio space that's matured and it's kind of you know slow growing now. And then immediately, you know, they come up with a real-time version of a, of a streaming audio site. You know, you can look at the same for, for, for you know, things like document sharing and having collaboration around it. There, almost every experience that we have, uh, with their sort of older generation static app, you can imagine how much better it becomes. With a real-time experience uh, engineered into it but I, I can't help but think that
0: that uh as long as we're thinking about those those old school apps like document sharing even music sharing right uh, i mean i i have a simultaneous experience on the radio with somebody right because we're listening to the same song at the same time um and if you're from my city it's like all radio stations are playing the exact same song anyways at the exact same time right so so, uh, so with, with that um the there's got to be some applications where where you're you're busting the norm. Like it's not about uh, you know watching me type. It's not about um, you know even turntable FM. It was, it was a cool idea until copyright lawyers descended upon them, and then they tried to figure out how to make money out of it. Um, but right. but music and entertainment is is is, is interesting. Um, but it, there's got to be something that is beyond that, don't you think? Like we're, are we just touching the the surface here?
3: Yeah, right. I mean, if you think about. Um like, you know, our vision, think about our, our, our company vision, right, which which is a very geeky vision. It's one step closer to the singularity. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so it's right on our website, right? Uh, it is bigger, right? I mean, you know, th- there's, there's a lot of dystopian views of, of the world, right, with respect to the singularity. Think of the Matrix, right? Everyone's jacked in, in the back of their head, and they're all part of this virtualized environment, and so the, to the point where it's so real, they don't even realize that they're part of this virtualized environment. And um, obviously, you can come up with some pretty nasty science fiction stories around that, But but the reality is... You know, as a, you know, as a people, we're all moving toward this very, you know, sort of gradually into the point we're not really aware of it that much yet. But, but we are, right? I mean, so look, we're holding up. We, every one of us has these connected smartphones now with always-on connections. This new Nexus 4 now has 4G. You know, I've got like, I don't know, 15, 20 megabits per second download speeds. So I'm always, I'm always connected. I have an unlimited plan. Um, and yet my interface is still, you know, these little screens. But You can imagine that for you to get to, let's talk about a good version of the matrix a good version of the singularity. You need to have that real-time network so that all that data and that, that awareness of, of presence is, is there people can just plug into. And that's the way we think of PubNub. We think of PubNub as the matrix, and we say plug your app into the real-time network into PubNub. It's just like we provide very easy ways to plug your app in to bring it on, into this real-time environment. So I think it's, it's really that big. It is, it is this, this core network around which any kind of synchronous experience um, will, will, will fit.
0: That is real-time applications. That's what it is. That's the implications. And I really appreciate Todd Green for coming on, the co-founder and CEO of PubNub. If you're interested in these guys, I know you are going to be. Uh, Go to PubNub.com. If you want some more of that episode, it is live right now and on Tether.tv. It is one of the first top stories uh, as of today, uh, which is late March. Uh, 2013, but just do a search for Pubnub or or Todd Green and you will find it. It is a uh, it is a great interview uh, that goes into a lot of um, uh, you know his history and uh, his previous company, which was called Localize. So thanks, Todd. Thanks for being a part of Untethered TV and thanks for coming on and uh, sharing this little clip with uh, this week in location-based marketing. Awesome. Very cool. All right, back at it. Back at some news here. Um, I have a an aversion to touchscreens on a big panel like a kiosk touchscreens I don't know about you Asif. Uh, you may have heard my aversions to this I think that they're they're <laughs> smeary they're dirty like if, if they look like my iPad or my iPhone you know nobody wants to touch that uh, my kids will you know walk up and lick them it's like terrible it just fills me with fear
1: <laughs> so it's it's like the
0: modern day uh, payphone. pay Oh yeah it's exactly what it is, right? It's like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh. And maybe you know, and, and and in New York City subway, that's what we're talking about here. The New York City subway is getting, uh, is adding more, getting and adding more touch screen map kiosks. that do quite a bit, but I'm just wondering, like, it just like the payphone, is it going to smell like urine right around the corner of these things? I don't know. But uh, you know, I, I I I think that screens are important in the subway. And I think that interacting with those screens are important in the subway. I just don't like this idea of a touchscreen, but why, why would they be doing this? Is this an interim step, and, and is this still important, the touchscreen?
1: Yeah, it's definitely, for me, an interim step. Uh, they call this on-the-go. On the idea of what they're doing is, is you know, they're, they're replacing uh, the transit maps, the subway maps, uh, station maps, all that kind of stuff. Uh, that is, is, up until now, has been static maps, like just print stuff uh, with digital. Uh, and the idea being that you can walk up to these things and you can touch on them and you can kind of map out your own specific route of where you're trying to go to and kind of visualize it and kind of be able to, you know, actually get a proper understanding of how to get from point A to point B using the transit system. Which sometimes, is, if you're a visitor to a city, is, uh, it can be quite complicated, especially in a city like New York. Um, where there's so many different routes and, and trains and whatever. So um, so I, I like the functionality of it. I like that, you know, it's trying to... You know, bring that information to bear. They're also feeding in, um, you know, live data about this about the subway system. So you know, if there if there's a track that's out right now, or estimated amount of time till the next train arrives, or all that kind of stuff is is included in this in this thing. But I'm with you on the uh, on the screen stuff. Uh, you know, I'm not a big touch screen guy unless it's my own iPad or iPhone or or something like that. Um, you know, I, I have challenges with <laughs> with that as well. Um, you know, but what I do like about this is in part of this announcement, so the company that, they, that they've that they been working with uh, called Control Group, who built this uh, system, um, has built it in such a way that it, it's flexible and uh, is designed to allow third-party app developers to create their own apps to interact with these screens. Um, and, and, and that, for me, is the interesting part. And, and I think, you know, at some point, uh, you know, hopefully this is interim in the sense that at some point, you know, it's just a digital screen that's not touchable, but, you know, via your mobile phone, just like we talked about in the car a few minutes ago where everything syncs up, that, you know, there's, there's this ability to kind of walk up to, to that screen, have it detect that your phone is there, use your phone as a controller so to speak, to kind of navigate and, and change content on that screen. And so, you know, the tying together of, of platforms uh, for me is, is the interesting opportunity that, uh, that exists here.
0: Yeah, we I mean we we covered a um, a vending machine, a, you remember the pop vending machine? Yep. Uh, same, same kind yep. of thing, a little bit of an overkill, right? Um, but you have to you have to also think about the digital non-natives, those folks that that still have feature phones, not smartphones, and I guess you have to in, incorporate that, but I just think the maintenance of these devices or these screens is going to be a challenge. Like with so many people touching it, you just you, you it lends itself to breakage and destruction and being targeted for vandalism and maintenance and all that kind of stuff. That I think that, yeah. you know, these are the added costs on top of it. So because it has to be, it's capacitive or it has to, you have to be able to touch the screen. It just lends itself to breakage, right? So I, I like yeah. the idea that these, these devices or whatever it is that we're going to be carrying, whether whether it's a smartphone or a tablet or whatever, can interact with the screen and get the information that it needs in order to be able to do this. The, the best thing that, that, um, that New York City, the subways in New York City could do, The transit authority is to just enable Wi-Fi in the subways, right? So that you get connectivity down there, and then and then allow people uh, even interactive maps or interactive screens on the subways themselves. I just think that the touching part is what is what.
1: Yeah, and there is some Wi-Fi down there in New York uh, on on the subway, but I mean, coming from building uh, (laughs) Wi-Fi, my previous company, uh, I can tell you, subway Wi-Fi is one of the most difficult things to do. Um, You know, just it's not easy. So and it's not cheap. Uh, but anyhow, I, I agree with you, and I think it makes a lot of sense. And yeah, uh, at least hey, at least they're going digital, and uh, and at least they're thinking about the future of how mobile, back to that uh, to that screen. So well, good
0: go. on them. And um, so, if you're interested in that, just do a search. I, you can go to ControlGroup.com if you're interested in that. Um, uh, you know a little bit more about that company, and I think that that's the big story here is those guys doing that. Uh, not so much that they're implementing it, that that New York's implementing it, but it's the company that's behind it, and uh, so very cool controlgroup.com. All right, We're gonna do something here for our fifth story that we've never done before Uh, and I'm just I'm hoping that it works. I'm gonna do a live demo and uh, I'm gonna pull it up right now. This is a, uh, we've talked about this company before, Gold Run, and we're not sure if this company has changed, because I see this uh, you know formerly known as Gold Run, change their name to Snaps or if this is just a product uh, uh, that they're spinning out, but here uh, I'm gonna show you what Snaps is. This is an augmented reality and if you're listening to this you're missing an entire demonstration which is which you know that's your loss you got to go and watch this video piece but uh it it is a an augmented reality uh, technology or or camera app that allows you to participate uh like add yourself to the photo and uh around brands and around location so i you know as these are scrolling through here as you see on the video you've got a number of these opportunities to be able to bring yourself in, I don't know what Hanksy is, but I'm going to take a picture of myself with Hanksy here. So you are seeing this live. Uh, actually, I'm going to actually bring it around. And this, I had a problem with this before there. So now it's focused on me, which is terrible, right? So there's there's Hanksy um, throwing something, and uh, oh yeah, he's throwing uh, the the um, the volleyball from. Uh, I guess it's Tom Hanks. He's throwing the volleyball from. Uh, whatever that uh, movie that he was in. I can't do this all at the same time. Castaway, thank you. And I'm just going to kind of take a picture, I guess. Let me see what else they've got here. Uh, yeah. There. So now there he is on the Apollo. Uh, he's, he's on Apollo. I'm going to take that one. There we go. So now I've taken a picture of myself, and uh, I'm going to save it. I'm, I'm not going to share this on... Uh, you know what? I'm going to share this on Twitter. Why not? I'm going to send this to Twitter. And... Um, And i'm going to share this hopefully it uh, knows my twitter account so if you're seeing this and wondering why uh, of course not i'm not authorized so i'll just i'll just save it um on my camera roll that my friends is something called um as we demo it live that's called snaps this is supposed to be the equivalent like of 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 a what, what would you call this a, a Instagram for brands it's supposed to be an interactive environment for brands um, to be able to uh, yeah. you know, get brand about I think it's interesting
1: yeah absolutely So, so the idea here is is that uh, you know brands are, are, are kind of trying to figure out how, how they can uh, you know leverage their, their creative assets, their, their photo assets uh... you know their images and, and how they get you know fans uh... connected with those things and, and i think this is an app that can help do some of that right i mean it's one thing to just have you know a photo of uh... mickey mouse and and and, and send that out uh... to a bunch of people it's another thing to have a photo of you with mickey mouse uh, if you're at disney world um, you know and, and share that with your friends and 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 you don't necessarily have to be there uh, to make this happen, right? I mean, you can, and, and there's a GPS capability or location capability to this app, um, you know, of doing certain things on on uh, on site, if you will. But it can be, as as you just as you just demonstrated, uh, you know, that ability to just kind of here's the brand asset, here's me. I put those two things together, and now you know the brand has been able to capitalize on my uh, wanting to associate myself with with that image and, and and my willingness to share it so i think this is an interesting way for brands to participate in in mobile uh, and, and photos uh... you know whether it's you know instagram pinterest all that kind of stuff has been very you know somewhat difficult i would say for brands to you know find ways to capitalize on that and 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 you know really connect with people uh in a one-to-one fashion from from a mobile perspective. So this, uh, yeah, I like the you know the possibilities around this.
0: And there's, there I am. There's my photo. Yeah. Yes, I I do too as well. You know, the, I think that the, the biggest challenge that you're going to have is, uh, you know, when you always have to rely on user-generated content, it's hit or miss, and uh, and there are going to be big mm. brand advocates, and uh, I, I like this. It's a great way for brands to, to leverage uh, their audience to be able to be ambassadors for them, just as you said. So, uh, but th- this is a crowded space. Instagram is moving into this space right away, right? With actually taking real live photos of brands, and, and they're using it very effectively. So this is a crowded space. They're all crowded spaces. I guess we're waiting for somebody to come up with something that's so innovative. But augmented reality, and it maybe may just be that.
1: Yeah and I can tell you for for sure I mean obviously from the LBMAs perspective we work with a lot of brands and uh, when we talk to them about kind of what, what they're going to be doing this year or testing or piloting, uh, AR is certainly in the top three over and over again of things that they're interested in trying but, and doing. But so, what are they interested in, so, see?
0: Like, you know, it's always int- – like, I, I'm fascinated by this because augmented reality to a lot of people is like VR- VRML in those early days of the web, right? It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. broad and it's like – it's huge and, and you know, you've seen, you can like high-five the green giant. But, I mean, is that what they're still thinking about? or is there something more sophisticated?
1: Well, I think I mean, it's that. But, but I think it's, you know, like, I mean, gold run uh, pre, pre-shift here, you know, I think also tested some, some other interesting models like w- with, with companies like Airwalk and, and, and people like that where there's actual commerce happening, right? So, you know, brands are, are creating, you know, unique product SKUs, uh, of of items that you know are only available via the AR app, um, and if you want to get that shoe, you, you have to have this app. So, so I think there's there's interesting models like that that I think retailers and brands are going to start playing around with. Um, you know, this just happens to be one very focused one around you know photos and and, and tagging and, and
0: sharing. So, um,
1: but yeah, I, I think there's interest on, on a number of fronts around AR.
0: So oh, very cool. So if you're interested in that,
1: and obviously Apple thinks there is too. Yes. Yes. So.
0: Patent, yes. Um, So, uh, interested, I mean, you can go download. This is available in the App Store and uh, Google Play. You can go to snapsapp.com, snapsapp.com, and take a look at it and uh, let us know what you think. You think this is something that you would use? Would you endorse a brand this way? Um, I'm very interested. Reach out, rob at untether.tv or at LBMA.com or you can leave us a voice message at untether.tv forward slash talk. Leave it to 30 seconds, please.
1: All right. Our, our final story today, um, before we get to our resource, is uh, coming from Microsoft. You know, we don't talk a lot about Microsoft uh, in, in this in this space, but uh, they're they're doing something really interesting here. They're testing out a new mobile payments commerce uh, capability using uh, something called BLE, which is blue and Ener- uh, Bluetooth Low Energy, and. Uh, you know, it's really quite quite interesting what they're doing here. So it's been described as Square Wallet meets Xbox Connect, um, and so they're basically taking Connect technology and marrying that up with you know how uh, you know how uh, Bluetooth enables uh, connectivity because Bluetooth is typically on on a lot of devices. Um, and so there's the same technology that, you know, use, you, you use to connect your headphones or your speakers or all that kind of stuff. That's, that's the same Bluetooth low-energy stuff that we're talking about here uh, for sending data back and forth. And uh, effectively what they're saying is, is this, they believe this can be used at point of sale to facilitate a transaction. And where the connect piece comes in is for facial recognition. And, and so the idea is, is that um, if I walk into a store and uh, my Bluetooth is on, on my device, I don't have to get my phone out at all, it just detects that I'm there and then when I go up to point of sale to actually you know, uh, you know complete the transaction basically uh, the facial recognition is already synced with the uh, with my Bluetooth uh, and device ID and and the uh, person who's working at, at, uh, at the till there can, uh, can automatically make that connection, there's no need to scan anything, do anything, look me up, you know all that kind of stuff, it just becomes somewhat seamless. So
0: there you go. Using existing technology, I like this. Uh, you know, we we have. Uh, I have. A, I think we have a mutual fascination over uh, with Worley, uh, the uh, chief uh, creative guy at. Um, well, the chief scientist, basically, at uh, at Chaotic Moon, and they they use the Connect to actually do a uh, you know a human powered or a mind powered or motion powered. They've done two of them. Longboard, right? So you think about something, and you mm-hmm. think about moving, and the board moves, or you move your hands, and the board moves. It just shows you what the the power of the Connect can do, and I love this that you're using technology that's already embedded in here. The technology that's been perfected enough so that it, it has a low um, a, a low impact on battery power and battery consumption, and then you take a technology like Connect. And, and combine the two into a commerce play. I, I really like that. The signature of Bluetooth is different. You know, Square, Square tries this when, uh, for when you walk into a, a restaurant or a, a, I guess a Starbucks and you don't wanna pay, you don't have to take your phone out because it identifies you that you're in there. But this takes it one level further with that photo recognition. It, it you know, pops up on a se- separate uh, uh, tablet four photos or four, uh, you know, yeah. uh, four photos of, or facial, re- when it does the fa- facial recognition, it pulls up four different uh, faces, and then you choose that one. It emails a receipt. There's a, a seamless, continuous thing. Who knows if this works? They've only done it with, I think, 700 transactions in a couple of stores. But yeah. it just shows that this world is not one yet. Square, like there's so no, many other technologies. I mean, it's going to be confusing. I
1: mean, it, it, it's 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 really early days, you know, near field, uh, QR oh. codes, BLE. Square wallets, level up. ISIS. I mean, yeah, like everything. Like it's just you know carrier consortiums. Like yeah, ISIS and weave, and I mean it just goes on and on and on, and it's going to be a while before uh, we really see kind of how this how this plays out.
0: But boy, does it ever! Uh, it, it, that's from Microsoft, right? So I love that they're they're in this way with existing technology, bringing it closer to the consumer because you don't have to go for you know apple to actually have um any kind of new technology embedded in their in their devices or you don't have to download an app or wait for square to be there um just using new technologies no dongles required but that really does that story is so great i mean this is so seamless like it's like you constructed this to roll right into each other because what is our resource of the week
1: uh, our resource of the week is uh, an infographic uh, that was put together by our good friends at com, and it's called the most important mobile payment infographic ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a pretty interesting infographic, uh, there's some stats there that they pulled together from various sources around projected number of uh, smartphone devices that are going to be shipped by 2015, um, and sort of the market size uh, around mobile payments, um, uh, Yankee Group's uh, projecting it to be a trillion dollar market by 2015. Uh, Juniper's uh, a little bit less, 670 billion, uh, but somewhere in the middle of there, it's it's still a significant market. Um, you know, even if it's 800 billion, uh, it's a significant market by 2015. So, so this stuff's coming. The best part of this infographic, though, is the part down at the bottom. It says what is a mobile payment, and and they've broken it into five categories. Uh, you know, mobile payment at point of sale, uh, mobile payment as the point of sale, uh, the mobile payment platform direct carrier billing and closed-loop mobile payments and they put some of the key players uh, into each of those categories so I love it because you know we hear about mobile payments all the time we you know there's a lot of confusion out there as to what you know what is an NFC thing and what is a carrier thing and what is this and what is that and it's all mobile payments and all mobile commerce it's nice to see somebody actually like taking the time to put this down into categories and help people understand the differences uh, between that so great job
0: Totally great job. can't agree more with you. this um, it just shows that uh, that there are people thinking about this this challenge and it is not it, by any stretch of the imagination we are nowhere near finding crowning a winner um, or, or getting any closer to the, the true mobile payment process simply because you know there's 30,000 other challenges including battery power. I mean I went skiing, took my kids out of, of skiing this past week. Or out of school and went skiing because it was probably going to be the last great day to ski and um you know by about one o'clock my phone is dead right? my phone yeah. my power like there's no more battery left it is done uh so i mean there are so many different challenges around mobile payments right at this point uh but it's good that we've seen these five classifications around uh, around the different types of mobile payments but man until it's embedded yeah, and- in my finger like uh <laughs> biometrically i got a chip in my finger and, and you know it only stops when my heart stops beating we're miles away from this as a mass adoption. We just are.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways, if you're interested in that, uh, that is available, that infographic, at thelbma.com forward slash research. It's the first item in the list.
0: Sweet. Well, that is that's everything. That's episode number one hundred and twenty-two. We've covered all of these stories. Great guest in Todd Green from PubNub, and uh, certainly uh, an amazing uh, app fascination with Twist. We've uh, we've I think we've destroyed Foursquare. We like Volkswagen and Life three hundred and sixty, and BMW. What they're doing with their investment fund? Apple is about to maybe disrupt the mapping industry with with uh, video and augmented reality company Gold Run launching the Snaps app. What else can we say? Is that good enough? And
1: Asif, I think I, th- I think it. I think we got it.
0: And you know what? Great connectivity where you are. So uh, kudos to, to crystal clear, great audio. Um, so you can stay there forever. I think it's it's fine
1: well not only do they have maps all over the place which is you know it's just great uh like even the carpets in this place are meridians like so everywhere you go perfect. like like it's crazy um but uh yeah it's uh, it's been good uh you know uh, just great things happening here in germany look forward to uh to the next uh, next time and uh but also looking forward to getting home and, and catching up on on everything there so
0: well have a safe have a safe trip back A safe uh, a, a little again a reminder if you're going to be in san francisco Go to thelbma.com forward slash events. Uh, We're doing an event on April 3rd with uh, some great partners, including Urban Airship. Um, So please show up to that event or uh, reach out to me, robertontother.tv. If you are in San Francisco, you want to connect for a cup of coffee or something like that, I am around and I look forward to uh, getting that. And I look forward to seeing you in a warm, sunny climate uh, in, in a couple of weeks. We will be back for episode number 123 next week. Around this time, whenever you're listening to this, we will be there. Um, I appreciate you guys sticking around and listening to it. We'd appreciate it. A great review on iTunes if you happen to get it from there or any of your podcasting locations where you download this from. But we'll be back for episode number 123 next week. Asif, have a safe trip home. We'll see you on Canadian soil.
1: Thank you. See you later, everybody.